The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org. of the Ann Arbor Historic District Commission. The meeting is being held in person and electronically via Zoom. Members of the public who would like to comment on hearings or other matters may do so via telephone only. To speak during any of the public comment opportunities, please call 888-788-0099 or 213-338-8477 and enter meeting ID 965-3669-9762. This information is also available on the published agenda in the public notices section of the city website and on the broadcast of this meeting on CTN channel 16, AT&T channel 99, and online at www.a2gov.org forward slash watch CTN. Ms. Thatcher, will you please call the roll? Yes. Commissioner White. Here. Commissioner Epperson. Here. Commissioner Ross. Here. Commissioner Willis. Here. Commissioner Rockland. Commissioner Quijano. Two, three, four, five, six. Commissioner Fortner. You do not have a quorum yet, but one is expected. Kathy okay. should be arriving any time. Uh, okay. Um, there oh, we go. Yeah. Pardon? Oh, Commissioner Fortner is present. Perfect. <laughs> Thank you. So we do have a quorum. On to item C, approval of agenda. Are there any additions, deletions, or changes to tonight's agenda? Uh, there are not. Okay. Hearing and seeing no objection, the agenda is approved as presented. On to item D, public comment. This is a per 
an opportunity for persons to speak for up to three minutes about an issue that is not listed as a public hearing on this agenda. To comment on such other preservation matters, please call 888-788-0099 or 213-338-8477 and enter meeting ID 965-3669-9762. As stated, this information is also on the published agenda and the video feed. City staff will select callers that have raised their hand one by one by using the last three digits of your phone number. In order to electronically raise your hand or to indicate your desire to speak, please press star nine on your phone. Ms. Thatcher, do we have any callers? No callers. Okay. On to item E, unfinished business. We have no unfinished business. And on to item F, hearings. Um, first hearing is F1, uh, 1017 West Liberty. Ms. Thatcher, will you please give the staff report? Certainly. Okay, 1017 West Liberty. Is in the Old West Side Historic District. Uh, this house first appears in Polk directories in 1928 as the home of John Huss, who worked in real estate. Mrs. Huss lived in the home until at least 1940. Some of its significant features include brick on the foundation on first floor, wood siding on the second floor, a shallow shed roof facing the street over wall dormers, exposed rafter tails, and a stone three-quarter width front porch supporting square half columns. In 2014, a screen porch was approved behind the house. And in 2022, the HTC approved the paving of a strip between the house and the driveway and the replacement of a pair of wood overhead garage doors with steel doors. Uh, that paving has been completed. It's not shown in this picture because this is one of my older file photos. Um, but I may have another picture that shows that in a second. House is on the south side of West Liberty, west of 8th Street, and east of Eber White Boulevard. And the applicant is seeking HTC approval to remove the two garage doors and convert them to a single opening in order to correct structural deficiencies. All right, here's the house. You can see the garage in the back. Um, it's uh, pretty typical of its time, has a pyramid roof. Um, two doors on the front. Those, those doors were uh, approved to be replaced last summer or last year in 2022 and now the homeowner is finding that there are much greater structural problems uh, with the with the garage when they went in there to actually do uh, start doing work to it and start shoring it up um, this is a photo off of a off of off of the web uh, it's from the board of realtors I'll give them credit I just wanted to see how at some point somebody bumped the back wall down here uh, to make it another four feet deeper or something um, because it looks a little funny from the inside so I wanted to show you that from the exterior. So work to date is to install this plywood board sheeting, uh, sheathing on the inside uh, to help with lateral stability of the walls. I think that's the right term. Um, this is the front garage door. When you're facing the garage it's on the right. Uh, it doesn't move up and down anymore at all. It's just uh, it's just broken there. Uh, this is the back of the garage. There are two windows in the back wall. This is that where the new timbers are. You can see that's the, the, the little addition that sheds off of the back. Um, the, the, the garage, as with many garages of its age, uh, was not built very robustly. For example, this two by four uh, that spans the length is the only support beam running in that direction, 
there aren't any more. It's not, there's, there's nothing any bigger than that. Um, uh, and you can see up above where this new lumber is that they are installing a new beam that's much beefier. Um, it doesn't go all the way to the front yet because of the problems that they found with the front that brought them here to you tonight. This is that front door that doesn't roll up. This is the other door that is open. I just included this so you could see how the roof um, sits on this sill up here. And um, a new beam is going to be necessary. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll give you a better explanation of that in just a second. Um, I know this doesn't totally make sense unless you've read the packet thoroughly, but on the we're really only concerned with the exterior changes to the garage, not the interior, but you kind of have to look at the interior to figure out what's going on in the exterior. So right now there are, there are, there are columns in each of the corners, the four corners uh, of the garage, and the two in the front um, no longer reach the ground. They've rotted out. And there's a, a foundation, a, a concrete foundation, that's just completely turned to dust. Um, so the, 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 the garage is not supported by anything in these front corners. The solution to that is to add another column next to the one that you can't see that's behind the siding here. Um, it would be right over here. And um, a good thing about the way this garage is put together for this proposal is there'll be a new column next to the old column. It'll go up to a new beam running across the opening um, on the front of the garage. And this piece of trim that you see right here and right here uh, adjacent to the openings uh, can come off and, and there's siding behind it. So we'll still have old siding. You won't have to replace that. They can essentially move this trim over to hide the new column that's going up um, that will make the garage doors each three inches narrower on either side. Once you do that, you've made it three inches, so six inches narrower overall, you've got about an inch of clearance to get your cars in and out, which is not enough. You, you can't do it safely. Um, thus, the proposal from the, the owner and the structural engineer and the contractor who's, who's doing some of this work, um, the best solution that they arrived at was to replace the two door openings with a single opening and then to, to do something to make it look a little more like um, there are two doors there instead of one to, um, to paint a, uh, down the, the middle of the new garage door. Get to that in just a second. These are packet photos uh, that you've already seen showing you know, daylight um, where the, the, the support columns are not even hitting the, 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 the concrete footings that are just uh, wasting away down here. Um, on the left are some drawings. This is the existing, and there are more in your packet also. This is the proposed. This is a single roll-up door. Uh, this was the closest window pattern that they could find. It's not exact but neither are these doors that are existing probably original. Um, we don't know for sure, but the, the garage was built early enough that it might have had double leaf doors, it might not have. We never established that um, in the last meeting, um, but the replacement doors were, were approved nonetheless. So here's where essentially a stripe would be painted down here between these windows to make it look like a column because that's what you see right now is the two windows, the, the two roll-up doors. Uh, and a column down the middle. Um, I want to tell you a little bit more about it, I think, before I get into the standards and the guidelines. Um, 
Yeah, the, the, the structural defects are, are outlined really well in the packet, in the application uh, attachments. Um, and I, I always appreciate when a, a, a structural engineer gets involved because, um, you know, we, we don't necessarily see this stuff um, and what's going on and they, they can, uh, you know, arrive at solutions that I wouldn't have thought of. Um, let's see. So what they're trying to do is create enough lateral resistance to wind loads and prevent the garage from racking or, or shifting again. They've already hauled it up so far, shorted it up, put the, the plywood in, um, and started the reinforcements when they got up to the front and realized that they weren't going to be able to keep those two front openings. So uh, going through the standards, number two says the historic character of a property will be retained and preserved. The removal of distinctive materials or alteration of features, spaces, and spatial relationships that characterize a property will be avoided. Number nine says new additions, exterior alterations, or related new construction shall not destroy historic materials that characterize the property. The new work shall be differentiated from the old and shall be compatible with the massing size, scale, and architectural features to protect the historic integrity of the property and its environment. From the Secretary of the Interior's guidelines for building site, it's recommended to identify, retain, and preserve buildings and their features, as well as features of the site that are important in defining its overall historic character. From the Ann Arbor Historic District Design Guidelines for Residential Accessory Structures, it's appropriate to maintain and restore historic barns, garages, sheds, trellises, and other accessory structures to match the historic materials and configuration, and to maintain and repair historic doors and windows on historic barns and garages to match the existing materials and configuration. It's also appropriate where elements of historic outbuildings are deteriorated beyond repair to replace the elements in kind. Also to replace a non-historic or missing garage door with a new door in keeping with the style and period of the existing garage using the historic opening size. So in short, um, if this were just a matter of wanting a wider opening for convenience or because their SUV would fit better or something like that, I, I, I would just flat out say, no, that's not appropriate work. Um, given that uh, the goal here is to keep the structure <laughs> intact and not let it fall over um, or become more damaged when we hit high winds, um, and because the owner has gone out and gotten uh, expert testimony on the best ways to do this, um, I do feel that this is a supportable application and that this is uh, an acceptable course of action for this garage. So staff recommends approval. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Thatcher. Uh, Commissioner Fortner was on the review committee. Will you please give your report and recommendation? Yeah, not much to add. Um, everything that you can see supports the structural engineering report, as you can see in the pictures. Um, and the owner has certainly been diligent about, you know, figuring out the best way to deal with the situation and save the garage. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you. Uh, the applicant is present, so if you'd like to um, step up to the, the podium and um, do we have a sign-in sheet? Don't. <laughs> Just state your name for the record. You have up to five minutes if you have anything you'd like to add to the. Yeah. My name is Briggs Smith, um, live at 1017 West Liberty. <laughs> and um, I guess first and foremost, I'd like to thank Jill and her staff um, for guidance, uh, not only through the proposal last summer as um, a resident of your community for seven months, <laughs> but also. Um, uh, working through this one as well, it's it's been really valuable to me and my wife. The garage, um, probably the most telling moment on the garage was when uh, Dave Ansdorf, the uh, structural engineer, 
and uh, Bob were up in our house uh, in September, and we were starting to look at it, and um, one of Bob's workers was there, and the three of them went to the corner of the garage, the northwest corner, and they put their hands up against <clears throat> the corner of the garage, and then they leaned into it. And that corner of the garage moved um, because the footings on the front of the garage are now floating. They, they are not physically connected to anything. And at that point, uh, Dave Anstor said, I wouldn't park my car in this garage until we can get this repaired. So we began work and realizing there was a, a lot to do. Um, but it was only after um, uh, Bob had been working for a while that he realized the extent of the deterioration of the foundation itself. So we looked at four different options um, and Dave and uh, particularly came back and said, here's the only option that makes sense for this structure for its long-term viability. Uh, and it's the one that is in the report that he designed that um, uh, we have implemented except for the front because that's obviously where, where we're here for. Um, and he said, the, here's, here's the limitation though. We're gonna move these, these east and west front columns in three inches. And when we do that, uh, you're gonna go from, a, you're gonna go to a garage door where you have literally one inch of additional space between your car and the sides of those garage, which is insufficient to, for proper ingress and, and, and egress. And therefore, um, if you have to put on two garage doors, you're gonna end up with a storage unit. You're not gonna have a garage. Um, so uh, we worked hard to try and find a way to visibly, visibly create um, uh, garage doors and trim that would maintain the architectural integrity of the uh, facility from the garage from, from the street. Um, and uh, we hope that you see it that way too. Thank I'd you. I'd be happy to answer any questions. I do think that your description of everything was really good. Yeah, thanks. Okay. No question, Commissioner White? No question. No question. Thank you very much. Actually, I'm sorry, I did have one. I had one question. I just want to. You have the, the two options in the, in the packet. Option one is the desired option, where you have the two hinges and the two handles. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. I just wanted to clarify. That's all. Yeah. No, and, and um, we, uh, we also engaged an architect just to give me a little bit of advice um, about how can we make this visibly as close to what it is today and um, <clears throat> uh, what uh, Lynn said was, you know, um, uh, this is how you do it. So um, the, the first one is the one we would propose and prefer. Okay. To. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Uh, I'll now open the public hearing for this item. 
Again, this is a per an opportunity for persons to speak for up to three minutes about the application at 1017 West Liberty. Again, public comment may be made by calling 877-853-5247 and entering meeting ID 965-3669-9762. Please press star nine on your phone if to electronically raise your hand. Ms. Thatcher, do we have any callers? No callers. Okay. I'll close the public hearing portion. Um, is there a commissioner that would like to make a motion? Commissioner Fortner. Um, I have a question. Should I um, mention option one as proposed in option one, or is that clear enough in the um, application? If someone has a, well, I don't, I don't know that. I it's think necessary. it does state okay. option one. I, I, I think either way. But, I guess I have a quick question though, because I would almost like to talk about option one or two. Yeah. Well, I think we should hold it for the discussion. Yeah. yeah. Just, just okay. Yeah. So you don't have to add it back in. Okay. 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 I move that the commission issue a certificate of appropriateness for the application at 1017 West Liberty Street, a contributing property in the old West Side Historic District, to convert the two garage doors into one opening as proposed. The work is compatible in exterior design, arrangement, texture, material, and relationship to the rest of the building and the surrounding area and meets the Secretary of the Interior standards for rehabilitation and guidelines for rehabilitating historic buildings, in particular standards two and nine, and the guidelines for building site and district or neighborhood setting and the Ann Arbor Historic District design guidelines for residential accessory structures. Support. Moved by Commissioner Fortner, seconded by Commissioner White. Um, we have a discussion on the motion. Yeah, I guess I, I guess I would just um, like to jump in uh, with two points. So I think this is just my opinion. <laughs> um, but I would I would think, especially if we're going from one door to two, I think the first option has too much kind of designy elements on it. Um, and I do understand the point of like, hey. Um, currently it has two doors, so we're like, you'll have the, it'll be one door, but it'll have the appearance of two. But at the end of the day, from the street, that door reads as one door. So I just kind of almost, it would be my opinion that it should just read what it is, which is like one door. Um, because, yeah, you know, like I said, I just think that there's too much kind of, there are too many kind of stylistic kind of detailed goo-gogs on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just let it exist as it is, just as a door, and it does have the the option two does have a have, does reference really well to the two doors that were there previously, and then I almost think adding the stripe down the middle too is just another. I mean, it's one door. <laughs> I mean, the the central column is gone. Like, why put a burden on yourself to have to continue to keep it painted and keep it you know, maintain the little strip. It's it's one door. I would just say just let it just let it be what it is. That would be my feeling. Thank you. Um, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> Any other thoughts from commissioners regarding that? Are are you um saying that you would be opposed to option one? Or? No, I, I I wouldn't I and, and I guess this is more just from a, a Maybe it's more of a design issue or question, but at the end of the day, if we are we're agreeing to, at the core, take the garage door down from two to one, which 
I agree. I understand, you know, based on the structural issues. And as Ms. Thatcher noted, mm -hmm. it is appreciated that a licensed structural engineer actually looked at the situation and actually reported versus mm -hmm. just somebody, you know, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, a random opinion. So I support that. So to me, it's just a question of style. So at the end of the day, if everybody wanted to go with one, with option one, I'm cool with that because. Okay. The two let it be his option. Well, and that, I think that's where my, I was headed with my question, that if we're okay, okay with option one or two yeah, I'm, as a, I'm as a body, then. But the just a, that was just my thought. Okay. Right. <laughs> From a design standpoint. It wasn't specified in the motion, so. Right, okay. right. So that's okay. Yeah. Thank you. Any other discussion? We're all ready for a vote. All of those in favor, please say yes. 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 All of those opposed, please say no. Okay, right. your motion carries. Please note that you must apply for any permits before beginning work on your project. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And now on to um, item F3. This is 511 East and I will be recusing myself from this project and Commissioner White has agreed to act as chair for this portion. Um, everything from here. Okay. This is what you would need for the, okay. if you have any questions, you have your packet. Mm -hmm. okay. This is F3. Uh, <coughs> uh, Jill, would you like to read the staff report? Yes. To present Thank you. the staff report. Thank you. Uh, this is 511 East Ann. It is in the East Ann Historic District. Um, it's the circa 1860s Wilcox and Easton House. It's an excellent example of the Greek Revival. Uh, with its end gable, six over six windows, narrow side lights, and transom around the front door, and simple symmetrical design. The earliest map it appears on is the 1866 Bird's Eye, and it first appears in city directories in 1872. It's the home of Richard and Emery W. Snell. Uh, the house was maintained until the late 1960s when it was allowed to fall into disrepair. In 1976, it was purchased by Whittacombe and Martha Schmidt and was partially restored. Uh, the house was not consistently occupied in recent years and again fell into uh, disrepair. The current owner purchased the house from the Schmidt estate in 2022. It's on the north side of East Ann Street, east of North Division and west of North State. And um, there is quite a laundry list of uh, things that the HDC is being asked to approve most of which are repairs and restoration work, um, uh, plus a new addition on the back of the house. I'm gonna walk you around the house and point out a few things as we go. Um, there are no changes proposed on the front of the house with the exception of a request for storm windows, um, appropriate storm windows. Um, this window is boarded, but there, there, there is a window either back there or being repaired. Um, you can see that the foundation is having some issues here on the corner. This front section of the house um, is uh, requested to be replaced because it is deteriorating substantially. Uh, it's very bad on the inside. There are brick foundation walls and there are some concrete foundation walls on the inside. I'm not sure which one this is, but um, it's shown on one of the, the photos and um, I'm sorry, one of the drawings, we'll get to it in a second. If you look down here to the right, there is uh, a one-story wing on the back, or one and a half story, and it has four windows here. 
um, we're going to look underneath the first window and underneath the third window on our next slides. Oh, here's another picture of that uh, deterioration on the corner of the house. You can see right into the basement. This is underneath the first window that I just pointed out. This is a window well, believe it or not, that they would like to fill in <laughs> and get rid of. Uh, it's not original. The siding goes all the way down to the ground, and it's hard to tell if uh, what used to be in there, but it's no longer being used as a window. It's, it's superfluous. It's alongside the driveway, and we're happy to, to have it go away. A little bit farther back, this is underneath the third window on that wing. This is, there is a window in this one. It's a small, not egress-sized. Um, it's just boarded. You can see boarding in here. And um, the applicants have requested to put a new window in this opening and clean all the gunk out and just for light. Um, that's all. This is the back corner of the house. This big panel here is part of an eight-foot fence that used to surround the entire backyard, so you can kind of ignore it. Um, much of the fencing is proposed to be removed. There's nothing historic about these pickets in the front. We've got recent modern pictures with showing several different kinds of fences there. Um, this is just the latest one. And the privacy fence on the back, you can see where it's been removed alongside the driveway here, but it's, it's going away all over. This is the back door on the one and a half story wing. This chimney is proposed to be removed um, in order to accommodate a new addition that I'll show you in a second. The two chimneys on the front, the main block of the house, uh, will stay there. Um, one of them, this one in the middle, we believe uh, the previous owners rebuilt. Where did my mouse go? There it is. It doesn't show up in some of the 1970s pictures, but then it suddenly, it, it's in earlier pictures and later pictures. So. I'm thinking that he just rebuilt it probably from the roof ridge up, and it does look a little bit different when you look closely. Um, but this, this chimney um, uh, is not visible from the street, but certainly um, is part of the historic character of the house, so that's something um, to think about. Here's another picture of the back. The windows are fantastic. I mean, they're, they're, they're very old. I don't know if they're 1860s, but they could be. Um, but they're certainly very old. Most of the doors on the house are old as well. Um, this is a modern porch addition thing that's got two walls that are tall shutters. It's very strange. It's very unique. Um, this is, you see this little earth moving um, guy here going down into the basement. I just took a picture to show you that there is an egress uh, well here, or there will be an egress window proposed to go in here, um, and a matching one is proposed on the other side right here, alongside the other side of the door. Okay, here's another picture of that modern shed thing. Um, it's rickety, it's fallen apart. Uh, in the back corner of the house, the new addition is proposed to come to right about where the middle of this window is. So this window would be lost, and this window. And there's a door opening without a door on the inside here, and I think there's also a window opening without a window. Um, those would all be swallowed up by an addition that would be put into this uh, back corner, original back corner of the house. You can see that there were some cool knee wall windows up here. I believe they've taken the windows out and are storing them, uh, because there are also knee wall windows on the other side of the back wing, and um, they can keep them for future repairs. This is just a shot looking into that shed structure. You can see that there's a window here. This door's missing, this door's missing. Um, and this was just, the whole house was stacked full of stuff. It was a hoarder situation. 
And um, the first time I was out here to look in it, you, you, couldn't even, you couldn't even see this door. There was so much stuff back there. Um, in the backyard where uh, Commissioner Epperson is standing here in the picture, this is roughly the extent of the driveway. So there's a shared driveway, comes down here, uh, somewhere in the middle. The driveway would swoop around and there would be three parking spaces, two where these vehicles are and then one more here. So, oops, excuse me. Those were in a pretty good location for you to see where the parking is proposed to go. I would have proposed, preferred two to three spaces, but um, they proposed three and I think that the backyard is probably big enough to support that. Where Commissioner Epperson is standing in this picture is the rear of the building uh, where, the, where the addition is proposed to come out to. You can see that next door there's a big house on, on both sides um, and the additions would, would be slightly deeper than these houses uh, are now, but not dramatically. Um, the, the house we're talking about, 511, is, is set a little bit more forward than those two. I just took those pictures to show you what's going on. This guy's just all dirt in the backyard. Um, I do have a question for the applicants when we get that far about how they will be delineating the parking spaces to make sure that the whole backyard doesn't just turn into a parking lot and that it actually stays three spaces. Um, now I'm, we're back in the street. This is looking at the west wall of the house. No work is proposed here. Um, but I just wanted to show it to you. There's a window here that is, there's a window, but it has two shutters um, closed over it. Uh, I think they're just fixed shut. Here are a couple of photos. On the left is an undated photo, probably from the 70s when the previous owner first bought it and started restoring it. You can see that there was the outline of a porch. This porch shows up on Sanborn maps. It looks like just a little shallow entry porch. Uh, it didn't go very far over. You can see it's right over to here, probably. And then that, at some point, got replaced with what's there now. This is 1947. Here's the extent of the little porch uh, that was there that you can only see the ghost of in the photograph. <laughs> this is a picture that I had to share with you. Um, this is on the left is Egbert Boone. He's my great grandfather, <laughs> and yeah, oh, wow. and um, <laughs> I was cleaning out my mom's basement last year, and or a couple years ago, and she's going through a box of family photos that she got from her mom, and she picked this one up and looked on the back and said, "Huh, 511 East Ann. Do you know where that is, Ann Arbor?" <laughs> and I said. Yes, I know where that is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I never got the chance when the previous owner owned it to actually ask him if I could go in. I used to see him all the time, but then he sort of moved to another state. So I never got to ask him, like, where was this room in this house? So after the estate took it over and some other people um, were looking at the house, I was allowed to go into it. And I found this room, and the, the wallpaper was still there on the walls. Mm -hmm. And this was the only room in the house that had that little picture rail that the picture is hanging mm -hmm. from, and there was a window on the side. So it's, you know, it's a pretty simple house. It's, it's just square rooms. And, and uh, so my great-grandfather, Egbert Boone, was there in, in 1898 when he was a student at the University of Michigan for one year. <laughs> well done. <laughs> some occasion where they needed to document it with a photo. Yeah, I, I don't understand why. He didn't live there, um, but there was, the, the place was used for something. I looked it up in a city directory a while ago. It may have been that there were meals there, or but it wasn't a boarding house. So 
it's a little mysterious, but hi, Grandpa. <laughs> All right, now we'll get to the actual renovation proposal. Uh, on the right, we have the existing footprint. Here's that existing strange porch. There's a pond in the back that's going to go away. That's modern. We've got pictures it doesn't show up in that are not very old. The proposal is to add uh, a long, narrow, two-story addition that would tie into the roof ridge of the existing one-and-a-half-story rear wing. One of the reasons that the addition is, is narrow and sticks out into the backyard is in order to meet side yard requirements, you need at least 12 feet between the property line and the house here, the new house. The, the, the existing house does not conform to current zoning, but that's okay as long as the addition does. Um, and the, the, the property, the, the project will take a trip to the Zoning Board of Appeals to ask for this and um, uh, another variance, but um, we don't need to worry about that right now. You can see how, here's the two-story block. It, the whole thing is two stories, but it has a little gable roof that matches, looks like it matches the pitch of the existing roofs without the corner returns, which is appropriate. It does have vertical Borden Batten hardy cementitious siding. Um, and this connector in between that goes off of the ridge, sorry, I keep losing my mouse, off of the ridge and is a nearly flat roof for this middle part um, to help keep it distinguished uh, and also to help it sort of not overwhelm the tie-in to the one-and-a-half-story rear wing because this is obviously a very historic and, and important part of the house. Oh, here's a picture of the pond in the back. Um, I've got all the floor plans in here. I'm only going to go over the, 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 the basement one here, but the other ones are here if anybody wants to, to ask questions about them or anything. We've got, this is an existing, that existing well that the conveyor was coming out of. They're going to put a new uh, timber well in there and a new window in that opening since there is no window right now. This is where I said the window would be replaced and that existing well cleaned out. Over here on the existing, this is where the well that you couldn't see under all the garbage would be filled in. Um, there are three window wells uh, proposed on the new addition. One is for uh, this window right here. I'm not sure why it doesn't show. There's another well here for these two windows, and then this is uh, a third well across the back. They're for egress, but they're also to let light into uh, these basement rooms because they are bedrooms. Um, similar first floor and second floor. Sorry. Oh, come on. This is the front elevation of the house. Uh, shutters, wood shutters, are proposed to be installed. Sorry, I don't know why it keeps doing this. Wood shutters are proposed to be installed. Uh, they are very a very close match to the existing ones in size and appearance. This is the back or the north elevation. Um, here is the two-story addition off of the back. The, right here, this square is where a couple of air conditioning units, two of them, are proposed to be placed because the house would become a two-family house. They would need two air conditioning units. Uh, 
Here we are at the east elevation. There's a skylight up here that would be removed, which is fine. Here's the, pro the proposed chimney removal. And there are a couple of new skylights on the other face, on the other side of the roof ridge. And then we've got the two-story addition here. The, the addition has casement windows. Um, they're, they're proportional to the historic windows, but they're distinguished because they're casements. And the, the vertical siding also, um, it's, it, uh, the, it's, it's a very, it's a modern looking um, and easily distinguished but compatible rear addition in staff's opinion. Now we're on the west elevation. The side setback between this uh, west elevation of the two-story block and the new addition is, it's pretty substantial. It's five or six feet. I've got it somewhere in the staff report. And here you can see those window wells. There's one window here and there's two windows here. Um, materials, the Marvin clad casement windows, um, new asphalt shingles, board and batten vertical siding. Here are the, um, the shutters. Uh, existing shutter dimensions and proposed it's these are the proposed ones are 15 inches wide and the existing ones are 16 and a quarter uh, and this is a similar materials that this architecture studio used on another house to give you an idea of, of what it, it's going to look like I mean if you look at the form of this it's it's fairly close to um, what they're proposing here Um, I'm not sure what's proposed to be used uh, down near ground level. It doesn't really show since maybe since the siding goes all the way to the ground, they're going to do that same thing uh, on the addition since they're not showing a change in materials there at the foundation. Uh, we've got some cross sections. Um, there's a nice window table. The windows, all the historic windows are going to be repaired. The front door would be repaired. Um, the back door would be repaired. And then there's information on the new awning and casement windows. Um, this was some supplemental information that came in this week. This is the, the, the side window, uh, the basement window on the street, the little one. It's two feet by two feet. Um, they are proposing um, to install a spacer bar to make it look like a divided light. Uh, presumably that's what's there now. And then pavers will be made of concrete to lead from the driveway to the back door. Um, oh, here, look at this. Division between ground cover and gravel parking and drive will be eight inch by four inch by two inch concrete pavers. Okay, so these raised pavers will delineate, keep the gravel in and keep the cars from jumping it, hopefully. And I believe that's it. So moving on to the Secretary of Interior standards. One says a property will be used as it was historically or be given a new use that requires minimal change to its distinctive materials, features, spaces, and spatial relationships. I've read two to you. Number five says distinctive materials, features, finishes, and construction techniques or examples of craftsmanship that characterize a property will be preserved. Number six says deteriorated historic features will be repaired rather than replaced, where the severity of deterioration requires replacement of a distinctive feature. The new feature will match the old in design, color, texture, and where possible materials. 
Replacement of missing features will be substantiated by documentary and physical evidence. Um, I read number nine to you already. Number 10 says new additions and adjacent or related new construction will be undertaken in such a manner that if removed in the future, the essential form and integrity of the historic property will be unimpaired. From the guidelines for district or neighborhood setting, it's not recommended to introduce new construction that is visually incompatible or that destroys historic relationships within the setting. It's recommended to retain the historic relationship between buildings, landscape features, and open space. It's also recommended to construct a new addition so that there's the least possible loss of historic materials since the character-defining features are not obscured, damaged, or destroyed. Uh, it's recommended to locate the attached exterior addition at the rear or on an inconspicuous side of a historic building and limit its size and scale in relationship to the historic building. Also designing new additions in a manner that makes clear what is historic and what is new. It's not recommended to design new additions that result in the diminution or loss of the historic characteristic of the resource, including its design, materials, workmanship, location, or setting. From the Ann Arbor Historic District Design Guidelines for all additions, it's appropriate to locate a required addition on the least character defining elevation, keeping it subordinate in volume to the historic building, and to place a new addition on a non-character defining or inconspicuous elevation and limit the size and scale in relationship to the historic property. <coughs> For roofs, it's appropriate to retain and maintain original historic roofing materials, roof shape, dormers, cupolas, chimneys, and built-in or decorative gutters and downspouts. All right, that brings us back to, um, to Jill making sure that she didn't miss anything. Uh, the, the, ooh, it's got a mind of its own. The 50% rules, um, the proposed new floor area is a 45% increase over the original, and um, the proposed uh, footprint is also a 45% increase over the original. And basically everything that's there now is original. It has no modern additions. Um, so that does conclude staff's report. Well, thank um, you very much, Ms. Thatcher, for your excellent You're very welcome. Staff report. Uh, um, could Commissioner, I just, one quick thing. Um, I had two uh, um, conditions in the motion that are no longer necessary because additional information was provided. So if whoever Please. goes into, uh, whoever makes a motion, just take that into consideration. Thank you. Okay. Uh, Commissioner Catherine Fortner uh, was on the re review committee. Will you please give your report and recommendation? Yeah, I don't have um, much to add to the staff report being so thorough. Um, it is pretty amazing that they can increase the footprint as much as they are with as little impact on the historic building as they are proposing. Um, we are losing two windows on the back elevation where the building, the new addition will connect. Um, and the roof of the smaller addition in the back will be affected, but it's that issue that we've been dealing with of these story and a half buildings where the upper half story isn't useful, so it will address that, make that space actually useful um, without affecting what's uh, viewed from public right-of-way. So again, it's amazing that they're going to add that big an addition, and it's going to be virtually invisible from public right away. Thank you very much. Uh, is the applicant, uh, unmute, unmute your microphone 
if you're on. Ah, uh... Uh, yes, this is Rob Burrows of Felix Studio. Can you hear me? Yes. Very good. I, I literally lost our link for a brief moment, which caused me a, a heck of a lot of panic suddenly, but uh, I'm back. So uh, thank you very much for having us in front of you this evening. And I, I want to say, as always, a, a great kudo and thanks to Mrs. Thatcher for um, assembling such a, a thoughtful and, and detailed assessment and response. Um, and we really appreciate your feedback. I, I don't have any grand tales of walking this as, as Mrs. Thatcher did um, pre-purchase uh, um, when the house was almost unlockable, nor did I have a great-grandfather who happened to be photographed it either, but those are, that's a great story. Um, so uh, I'm the architect of the project. Um, I, I want to make sure that um, I, there's a few things, just uh, really a major point out of, we, we made some intentionally uh, thoughtful design decisions in terms of placement of the addition. Um, this is not a, a one of the, the classic maximum density projects. This is intended to be a, a, a sensitive, carefully considered addition to the rear of the house. Um, many of the architectural gestures were meant to separate it from the, the existing fabric and, and structure of the, the property itself. And in many ways, um, it complements it through its scale and its, uh, and, and its uh, general geometry and, and structure. Um, the great majority of the, the work is, that's going into this will be not only stabilizing the house, um, there's tremendous structural work that has to go on that, owing to the, the long periods of, of uh, lack of habitation, um, lack of steady use and functionality of the home itself. Um, that will require a great deal of structural work, um, both in the foundations and the floor framing. Um, the bones of the house has been, in many cases are, in this case, good. <laughs> it's not great, um, but our, our owner, the owner of the property is committed to stabilizing and not only that, but restoring and rehabilitating as you've seen as part of the sec the uh, um, the, the presentation this evening. So, um, and, and I want to thank Ms. Thatcher as well for sharing the, the uh, uh, additional material that we shared earlier this week. Um, I'm here for additional questions, of course, and anything that I can help to assist in uh, clarifying any thoughts or comments that you have. Um, and uh, here to say thank you as well. Thank you. Thank you very much. Does any of the commissioners have any questions? Um, the siding. Yeah, we had a question about the what will be at ground level on the addition if it I heard that. like like the building it will come down to the ground or it it, it will we'll, we're going to have to play some geometric games because by building code standards now you can't bring wood down to the close proximity of grade we're, we're going to play some of the same games in terms of how we rehabilitate the interior too to protect it in the future um it's a very diminutive dimension right now from grade the bottom of wood. I, I, it's kind of shocking when you walk up because you literally can't see any of the fountain, or well, not any. You see a, a very minute strip of the existing foundation as it wraps most of the house. We do pick up some additional gray area at the rear um, where the addition is proposed. So we have a little bit more separation, um, but we're going to basically match our finished floor elevations, which means materiality will wrap consistently around our, our, our rim board at the base will we'll carry all the way through. Um, so that it, it aligns with uh, the, the rim boards of the, the house itself. So there'll be a minor separation. The, the positive nature is that we are proposing cementitious materials on the new addition, so those can be in close proximity to grade without any challenge or issue. Thanks. Do we have any more questions from the commission? Uh, I'd like to open this to the public hearing <coughs> item. Is any other? No, no, no one in our audience. Is there any calls? There are no callers. No callers. 
Would someone like to read uh, a possible promotion? I mean, motion. <laughs> motion. Yeah, I can. Catherine? Yeah, I think, Joe, I understand where you want to not have the <laughs> proposal. So after two air conditioning condensers behind the main house block, right. as proposed, the work is compatible. So Exactly. Okay. Exactly. I move that the Commission issue a Certificate of Appropriateness for the application at 511 East Ann Street, a contributing property in the old 4th Ward Historic District, to do the following work. Construct a two-story rear addition, replace a portion of the foundation, install a timber egress well and new egress window on the rear wing, replace the asphalt shingle roof and the metal front porch roof with matching materials, remove a chimney from the rear wing, demolish a non-contributing rear porch, install new wood shutters on the front elevation, install aluminum storm windows, fill in a window well on the east elevation, remove and replace portions of the non-historic fencing, install three new gravel parking spaces in the northeast corner of the rear yard, install a new walkway to the rear door, and add two air conditioning condensers behind the main house block as proposed. The work is compatible in exterior design arrangement texture material and relationship to the rest of the building and the surrounding area and meets the Secretary of the Interior standards for rehabilitation and guidelines for rehabilitating historic buildings, in particular standards 1, 2, 5, 6, 9, and 10, and the guidelines for additions and building site as well as the Ann Arbor Historic District Design Guideline for all additions. Support. Uh. Is it, does anyone have any discussion? Sure. Actually, I, I, I have a question, and this goes back to um, one of the statements Ms. Thatcher noted during her reading of the staff report. Um, to the applicant ar around the um, parking spaces and how much is the backyard going to actually be a backyard, or is it, I'm looking at the, the site plan here. So the, the, the parking lots, the parking spaces will be approached. It looks like there's a driveway. It's in the, there's not like an alley or how, how will the parking spaces be accessed? This is to the architect. Did you hear the question, sir? I was, I would, yes, I did. I was muted, so I, I could, could not respond at the moment. Um, uh, Ms. Thatcher, would you mind, can you possibly share the site plan? It's a little bit easier to address visually. So we, there's a common drive that's shared between both properties. Um, the cobble or the, the paver on end, um, I don't know if uh, Jill, I see your cursor, I can't access mine um, or use mine to depict it, um, is intended to loop or follow this loop, this circular form wrapping all the way around. It's intended to provide just enough turning radius to get three vehicles in and out. There's enough parking area behind it where they can make a basically a T-bone move to get out but that zone that's demarcated by the by the arcing form, then mm -hmm. that heads straight back north to the fence line, is intended to be the um, the concrete pavers on side. Um, they're I believe four by eight by two, and those will basically demarcate the gravel zone where the parking is from the ground cover or the landscape area itself. Gotcha. Okay. So and then to cap the end of those, we'll, we'll wrap those around, but I, I should see one missing. We'll also have bumper blocks there as well. 
just to make sure that vehicles aren't encroaching too closely on the fence line. Okay. And then where where the uh, condenser units are going to be located? Are they is that like kind of is there going to be like a concrete strip on the side of the house or? Are they just going to kind of sit on concrete pads? No, they'll just sit on concrete pads. A very standard installation. Okay. Thank you. Of course. Um, so I guess I guess just to start, I guess like um, so that that rear wing clearly is a character defining, significant character defining kind of feature of the property. And I guess I'm struggling a little bit with the loss of that side elevation as well as the, I mean, essentially like cutting that in half, losing the side elevation as well as that kind of half of the roof. Um, yeah, I guess that's kind of, I'm struggling a little bit with that. Um, but I do appreciate the fact that the house looks to be in really bad condition and you know, there's an attempt, I'm um, not even an attempt, but there's a plan to bring this, you know, rehab it, make it structurally sound, bring it back, um, back to life. Um, and I do appreciate the fact that, um, as Commissioner Fortner noted, that the addition is, you know, tucked back, really, you know, tucked back, you can't see it from the right of way. Um, you're getting the, that much size, but it's not like just some massive colossal thing. Um, but yeah, uh, well, and also the loss of the chimney. I, yeah, I guess I'm struggling a little bit with, with that for this really historic character defining wing of the house. Any more questions? All in favor of this project, please say by yes. 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 All opposed. This motion carries. Thank you very much. You're welcome. <laughs> Have a wonderful evening. <laughs> Thank you. So I was a no on that. So I guess that was clear. Okay. On the agenda here, I believe we are finished with the hearings. And sorry, I got I got to close some stuff. Okay, on to item G, new business. We have a couple of items, uh, additions to staff approval list. Yes. Uh, so. We've been doing a lot of solar applications, not a lot, but you know, steadily. And it seems that we've gotten to the point with them where the commission 
doesn't have a lot to talk about, <laughs> which is an indication to me that it might be time to talk about the staff approval list <laughs> and whether certain kinds of solar installations would be something we could add to it. Right now, um, the current language says, uh, I can staff approve installation of new solar panels on non-character defining roof surfaces not visible from the street. And what I'm proposing that you consider adding is, or the installation of black on black panels on side facing roof surfaces that are visible from the street. Support that. So, yeah, so just basically all of these gable front houses with, you know, they're all putting the panels on the south side and, um, so any, I, any, any, uh, hesitations about that? Sorry, I just want to make sure you said that, that it would also include black on black on front facing or no, no, okay. side facing. no side, facing. just side facing, only okay. side facing front facing is still a, a still mission. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I support that. Yeah. I think that makes sense. Actually, I have a, I have a quick question. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, <laughs> I probably should have read the, the uh, guidelines before we came. So do the guidelines specifically talk about, um, like if there was a slate roof or whatever, like significant actual roofing and potential impact on that? Uh, I actually don't think it does. Okay. But if someone wanted to put solar on a slate roof, Mm -hmm. They would be here in a second. Okay. Yeah. That would not so, be yeah. staff. So of course you would know like, staff would bring like if it was okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Any any significant um, historic. Yeah, anything significant. Yeah. Okay. Or anything okay. that just seems a little off to me. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, goes to the HDC. I'm if it if it seems like a close call or a questionable call, um, that's your call to make, not mine. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but this is like on an asphalt, non-historic roof. Exactly. Then, exactly. Okay. Yep. You know, actually, it might not be bad um, to add something like uh, installation new, not visible from the street, or installation not visible from the street. Oh, okay. So it does say non-character defining roof surfaces. Okay. So I would think something that's slate or mm -hmm. maybe metal or other historic materials or um, or on top of a cool dormer or something mm -hmm. like that, mm -hmm. that are character defining. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah we're that, I, that I, would still yeah, yeah that would yeah. still come to the commission. I think it's awesome. Yeah, this is this is just side roofs of gable front houses for the most part. Let's do it. I think yeah. <laughs> Good point. Commissioner Rock Commissioner Russ. <laughs> yeah. Does does somebody need to make a motion or we, yeah, we have a motion. Okay. Yeah, would someone like to make um, this motion? I make a motion that we have a new solar panel uh, rules be uh, voting on that. I, I don't have it in front of me, but this solar panel rules. I don't think I have it in my uh, so it says uh, that item 33 on the staff approvals list be amended to read as follows. 33, installation of new solar panels on non-character defining roof surfaces not visible from the street or installation of black on black panels on side facing roof surfaces that are visible from the street. I can make the motion. What was that? I can make the motion. Okay. okay. I move that um, item 33. Item 33 on the staff approval list be amended to read as follows. 33, installation of new solar panels 
on non-character defining roof surfaces not visible from the street or installation of black on black panels on side facing roof surfaces that are visible from the street. Support. Moved by Commissioner Ross and seconded by Commissioner White. We have any further discussion? Any opposition? Okay. So we vote on the motion. All those in favor, please say yes. 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 All those opposed, please say no. All right. It is passed. Um, on to item G2, Braun Court History. Um, so, sorry, I just put this together today. So, it's probably not in your paper packet, though I mm -hmm. picked them up off the printer. Okay, so at our last meeting, someone mentioned Braun Court and wanting to know more about its history. Um, this is a little bit more information um, on Braun Court, which is, uh, let me see if I can pull up a picture here. It's seven houses in Carytown. And there is a proposal now to um, to remove those houses and build a new residential building there. This just came in last week as a pre-pre-application meeting um, through the planning department. So it's, it's by no means submitted or a done deal or anything, but um, it is uh, now a proposal that's being kicked around. Um, sorry, this is taking me a minute. Is it just one uh, person or company that owns all the building? That is a good question. So there are seven houses on the court, and six of them are controlled at this point by uh, Wickfield Development, Wickfield Real Estate. Uh, the seventh is the bar at Braun Court, which is uh, the one on the front, on the north, and it is still independently owned. Okay, I'm gonna share my screen here. Apologies for that delay. Okay, here's Brown Court. Um, many of you probably know it. It had restaurants, it had um, a bookseller, it had the gym toy center, a real estate office, uh, just a variety of different businesses um, pretty recently. it At this point, all but one of the the structures are vacant. The bar at Braun Court here, this tan one that you see, um, uh, still has uh, the bar in it. Um, the houses were built between 1914 and 1918 as single-family homes, and uh, they're all stucco clad. They used to have a, uh, matching porches on the front. You can see that in uh, one of the photographs at the end of the, the little memo there. Mm -hmm. The street was closed to vehicles by 1974. And in the early 80s, the houses were slated for demolition when a Save Braun Court campaign was undertaken by citizens. The buildings were remodeled shortly after with second floor connections and ramps between some buildings. You can't really see those here because um, they're set back. Um, maybe we can see it on the back of the structures here. 
not really, but there are decks that run along the back here. Some of them have upper story decks in between so that you can go from one house into another. Uh, the paver courtyard was installed in 1984. From the mid-1990s to 2020, Braun Court was the center of the LGBTQ community in Ann Arbor, home to the Gym Toy Community Center, Out Bar, the Common Language Bookstore, and in 2015, the local plaintiffs in the Supreme Court decision that states are required to recognize marriages between same-sex couples was celebrated in broad court, and it did attract national media attention. Um, so that's it in a nutshell. Uh, it's, it's, it is uh, historically important, um, I think not just because of the tenants that it's had, going from residential to these commercial uses to this very important uh, LGBTQ center to um, uh, you also need to look at the, the, the massing, the size and scale. Mm -hmm. Cary Town is a two and three story area. Uh, this is a new building that is three stories beyond it. Um, but everything is pretty low. There are some changes right now uh, going on in Cary Town. On the other side of the farmer's market here is a new three or four story residential building where DeLong's barbecue pit used to be. That building is now gone. Um, and another change is that there is a proposed housing commission building uh, going up here on the corner where this parking lot is at Catherine and Forth. And that would, um, that would come right up to the rear lot line here behind these houses and undoubtedly be taller than them. I don't know how tall that building is uh, proposed to be, um, uh, but I would imagine that it's probably five or six stories. Um, so I think that there's probably a basis for the preservation of these homes. Um, there is no study committee appointed to study them at this point. Um, and I don't know what your interest is in these houses. Um, but I was asked to bring it up and um, I do think that it's, so, it's, it's an important area. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, no historic district here at all, right? There's no There's no historic protection district. in no. place currently no for these. No. no. The historic district abuts directly to these these houses, right? The old no. Ford? Yeah. It, no, it's um, the historic district is down here on the next block down. Uh, on on fourth, like where the Birkenstock shop is. Okay. And the co op is across the street over here. Mm -hmm. And then it picks up again on the other side of the Carrytown shops and the farmer's market uh, on Detroit Street, where Community High and Zingerman's are. Okay, so the block that Carrytown and 303 Detroit right. are not in. This, this whole area is not protected by a historic district. Yeah, north of, oh, with the exception of, the one exception is um, uh, the former Archie Heroes restaurant, the, the, mm. the gas station yeah, yeah, yeah. on filling station. the corner. Yeah, yeah the filling station, mm -hmm. yeah. I thought it extended over to yeah. this, this street. Uh, so so that's, that's, that's it for me. I, I'm kind of looking for other pictures of it, but you know, the house is, they're, they're relatively young. They're from 19, yeah. 19 teens. Mm -hmm. um, and they have an interesting history for sure. It definitely is a unique um, setup in, yeah. in Ann Arbor and it has always been a pretty vibrant place and mm -hmm. pretty distinct area connected to Carytown and yeah yeah adjacent to a couple of historic districts 
When the buildings were occupied, that was an awesome space. Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. great. Um, is it appropriate for us to recommend that a study be done, or that a study group be impaneled, or oh, whatever yeah. you do to put a study group together? Yeah, that's definitely within your purview if you think that it's something worthwhile. Um, that has to come from city council, the okay. creation of a study committee, but it's definitely appropriate if you guys want to, um, you know, suggest to city council that they do that. Um, that would probably come through a, a resolution, um, maybe at the next meeting or something. Yeah. Is it something that, um, I, I don't know, I would support I'm that for sure. In that. Just because uh, one person, or not one person, but the property owner on the south side of the street, I don't know where they stand, but I'm not sure they're going to try to condemn the property just there or not. So I, I would like to study. Mm -hmm. Okay, would anyone like to volunteer to assist with that before our next meeting? Um, to sort of read over, give feedback on. I'll, I'll assist you, Jill. Okay. You're more than happy to assist. Okay, I will write something up and ship it off to you, Bob. Okay. Um, and uh, I can assist as well. Okay. Okay. And I'll be uh, second back up. And <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. Like, well, I'm glad there's so much interest. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and at this point, I should probably mention that. On South Forest, there is a, a large five or six story Spanish revival brick apartment building mm -hmm. called Forest Court <coughs> with a big driveway and, and huge oak trees in the front that's also now being considered for demolition to, to be redeveloped. And it's also not in a historic district. That one was in the individual historic properties district, but that was abolished in 2001. So um, I just learned of this one a couple days ago. There's probably good history on it if you're, mm -hmm. if you're similarly interested in learning about that one. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of development projects coming into Ann Arbor right now. It's been a very quiet five years, mm -hmm. and right now we're exploding with new projects. The individual project or individual historic district, how was that? Was that removed by city council? Um, that no, that was a court case. Okay. Uh, a property owner sued the city and it went um, to court and the state determined that uh, you weren't allowed to have disparate properties in one historic district. Mm. So we had this individual historic properties on individual lots that were not contiguous mm -hmm. and so the state said you 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 can't, you can't do that, okay. even though they're your finest and best properties. They would have to each be in an individual district or something, or you could potentially clump them into themes. Like you could have a churches district okay. if they had a, a theme, something in common, or a so transportation they could, district. They but, could be a non-contiguous lots and still like multiple churches would be. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Actually, I have a question though. So just just for clarity's sake, so. So, Jill, you're saying that the court said that you couldn't have, like, one district with discontiguous properties. Right. But couldn't, because it, couldn't you just have just, like, a single property district that's not part of a wider district? Yes, you yeah. could. Okay. 
and Which we for, do have. for many years after that district went away, um, staff and the HTC and others tried to put them into new districts, and there was no appetite on city council gotcha. to make any of those actual districts, even okay. though there were study committees and work done. Um, they never voted any of them uh, to actually become historic districts again. Right. Yeah. So there are individual buildings out there that yeah, the Hayden, well, Hayden House, which, mm -hmm. which yeah. Yeah. Um, I should look and see if the individual historic properties um, survey is on the website or not, so you could get a, you could take a glimpse at. Mm -hmm. Our finest and best historic properties that are no longer protected in any way. Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, based on, I mean, is it possible for us? So you're talking about this apartment complex. So you provided us with this really nice history um, on Brown Court. So I guess like the next step for this. Um, apartment complexes, you, you wanted to give us a little bit of a historic background on that and then we could potentially. Yeah, let me okay. give you more information okay. um, at next month's meeting. Okay, great. Um, and yeah, if, if, if you think it's appropriate, mm -hmm. you could do something similar with a resolution of support to send to city council um, for that one as well. Yeah. Um, is it still being used? I mean, are people still living there? Yeah, okay. yeah. It so received it an HTC award about probably 10 or 12 years ago for preservation. Mm -hmm. The same family's owned it for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Nice old building. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'll give you more uh, information on South Forest okay. over the next meeting. Great, great. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Mm -hmm. okay. On to item H, approval of minutes. We received the December 8th 2022 Historic District Commission minutes. Has everyone had a chance to review? Any opposition? So the amendments are approved as presented. The minutes are approved as presented. <laughs> um, on to item I, reports from commissioners. Is there any report from anyone? On Assignments. Um, review committee would be Monday, February 6, 2023 at noon for the Thursday, February 9th regular meeting. There. I was just like checking my calendar if there's any volunteers. I can do it. Beverly, thank, thank you. February 6th. I, no, I can do that. 12. Okay. Beverly and Anna, thank you. All right. Um, on to item K, reports from staff. You don't have any additional reports about um, Just one thing to mention, uh, Jessica Quijano, commissioner, is uh, expecting a baby in February, in mid-February. <laughs> she, she had a co conflict tonight, so she couldn't make this meeting. Mm -hmm. And she's also planning to miss the February, March, and April meetings. Okay. So baby thing? We yeah. didn't get to send her off in person, <laughs> but. Six months I know, she didn't look at it at all. Yeah. She didn't look at it yeah. at all. I know, right? <laughs> it was sort of shocking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So, um, so she won't be um, volunteering for a review committee, or or be uh, <laughs> or being at the meetings. So, yeah. 
until June, May? February, March, April, maybe May. May. Yeah. We'll see. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's all from me. Congratulations to her. <laughs> um, on to item L, concerns of commissioners. Is there any concerns that a commissioner would like to share with the rest of the commission? Communications, I don't believe we received any communications. And on to item N, adjournment. I now adjourn the January 12th, 2023 meeting of Ann Arbor Historic District Commission. Thank you, Thank you everyone. Thank you.